an exciting guy like him would never love a boring guy like her. A boring guy. Sorry, a boring girl like her. <laughs> exciting guy like him, boring guy like her. Um, I just said it again the same way. Yeah, I thought you did it. <laughs> I did it. I'm, oh, my You're goodness. You're doing so great. Hey, Kim, <laughs> you're doing this plot recap really well. Don't you, Harleen, compliment me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about singing and dancing and Bollywood boys. Bollywood birthday boys. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday to our dear Rithik Rashan. Happy birthday, Rithik. Uh, tomorrow, when this episode comes out, is his birthday. Yes. But we just can't get enough Rithik. And so we've got to celebrate <laughs> as many days as possible. <laughs> Always. I mean... Yeah, he's amazing, and it feels like it's been a while since we watched a film with him, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed it. I I did, too. I had missed him. I'd missed this movie in particular, Miss Bang Bang. (laughs) Bang Bang. (laughs) Can't even, like, say the words. (laughs) So good. He's so good in it. He looks incredible through the whole thing, just top notch. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I also, I just love, like, the evolution of his hair. I know in this movie too because there's never a moment where it doesn't look good yeah but like the beach waves I do love the beach waves it's always yeah. always a good look also yeah, yeah. Katrina Cave, amazing gorgeous it's gorgeous and just so relatable <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways um, yeah Harleen. You know, at times you're just like, you're so stupid, but yeah. also, I would be you. I You would just be, like, completely lost. And I say you, and I mean all of us. We all would all us. just be mm-hmm. lost, trailing along after the likes of Rithik as he commits crimes right in front of us. <laughs> well, yeah, we love handsome crime boys. It's we do. established. There are a few things we love more than handsome crime boys. <laughs> yeah. um, I also, I had forgotten how legitimately funny this movie is. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. just, and, is, and I feel like Rithik in particular, his delivery of so many of the lines is just so, like, just like cold and mm-hmm. like straight and perfect and i absolutely yes. love it i agree i love the like just the <laughs> hand thing yeah always my favorite and when he's like mocking her uh-huh. i like i shouldn't find this funny because it's kind of like condescending towards women but <laughs> it is very funny <laughs> yeah it's it's not Hello? the most pro woman movie in Hello? the world but that moment is very no. funny <laughs> And it's funny because I actually, I watched it several days ago and I was like, I'm going to watch Night and Day because I haven't seen it in many, many years. Uh And I want to know if the source material was that derogatory towards women because honestly, it did feel more like a Hollywood thing Mm -hmm. than a Bollywood thing. Interesting. Bollywood has its own issues with representing women well, but... I did kind of think these could come directly from the Hollywood source material, Mm -hmm. you know? And is that, would you say that that was the case? I wish I could tell you because (laughs) right before I watched Bang Bang, I looked up where to watch Night and Day. It was available for free to watch on like one of the streaming platforms. I was like, great. 
New Year's Day comes along. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch Night and Day. I just watched Bang Bang. This will be great. It must have rolled over yeah. on the first of the month. Oh. And I was like, there is no world in which I'm going to pay money <laughs> <laughs> to watch this film. That's very fair. Um, so I Money directly you. in Tom Cruise's pocket, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think what you're saying is really interesting because I, I definitely agree with the the way that she's I'm going to say ditzy like the mm-hmm. that portrayal does feel like a, a like a Hollywood thing like something you would see in that era of Hollywood. Yeah. And we will just call out to I don't there's no one else in the cast who I really feel the need to mention but <laughs> it's uh, just them. we'll yeah. give props to Siddhartha Nand the director for giving us this this fun take on the on Night and Day. Yes. Is there anything else we should say before we get started? I don't think so. I am so ready. Um, (laughs) It's great, and it's funny, and yeah, let's do it. And let's prove it (laughs) with a plot recap. Okay, so the movie opens in London, (laughs) and Captain Varen Nanda arrives at a fancy government building where they have just imprisoned India's most wanted criminal, Omar Zafar. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nanda, he enters this high security cell where they're keeping Zafar, who is just casually sitting on the floor eating pizza. Uh, from Pizza Hut. From Pizza Hut. That's very important. <laughs> um, and he's watching a news report about the Kohinoor diamond. Mm-hmm. That's important. So Nanda and Safar, they have a, a a pretty typical like good guy, bad guy conversation um, mm-hmm. where like ultimately Zafar is like the system is corrupt and like never they're never going to take me down. It's just interesting that he's in this plastic prison <laughs> as if he's like <laughs> Like Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is an X-Men. What? <laughs> Maybe they use the same set. Um, <laughs> Maybe. But so as he says this, a bunch of dudes like break into the building. They kill all of the security in the building. They mm-hmm. storm into the cell. They're breaking Zafar out. And so Zafar, like, he aims a gun at Nanda and he tells him to start counting down to his death. But Nanda says, those who serve their country start their countdown from day one. Um, And then he tells Zafar that soon he'll see death in similar eyes to his own. Mm -hmm. And then Zafar shoots Nanda. Uh, And just then Nanda's phone rings and it's his mom. And so Zafar answers the call and leaves the phone on the floor and he shoots Nanda again. And then they set the whole thing on fire. Um, and Nanda makes it to the phone just in time to hang up before his mom has to hear him burn to death. Yeah. So that's a, that's a dark start. (laughs) Yeah. So Zafar and his spiky haired crony, whose name I didn't write down here, but I wrote it down later. So I'll just say it then. Yeah. Neck tattoo, (laughs) spiky haired guy. They escape from the building and they are conspiring to undermine Indian and British relations. And so Zafar decides that the best way to do this is to hire an Indian thief, gotta be Indian, Mm -hmm. to steal the Kohinoor diamond. Yeah. And the next thing we see are news reports that the Kohinoor diamond has been stolen. It's gone. And nobody oh, no. knows who did it. Nobody knows how they did it. Who could this thief be? Where could he be? <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he is walking slowly down a rainy street with his mm-hmm. hood up, just casually tossing the <laughs> priceless Kohinoor yeah. diamond up in the air so it like illuminates his face 
And this is Rajveer, played by Rithik. We don't learn his name until later, and then we learn even later that that's not actually his name, but I'm going to call him Rajveer for the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's easiest. Yeah. But so after this very exciting intro, we cut to a woman who is showering as if she were in a shampoo commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And this is Harleen. And as she's showering, her grandmother, who she lives with, comes in and shares with her the news that the Kohinoor diamond has been stolen. And grandma is saying like, ooh, this must have been a real (laughs) man. They don't make men like that anymore. (laughs) I love grandma. Grandma's excellent. We've had both great grandmas and terrible grandmas on this podcast, and this is a great grandma. She's, yeah... Uh, but so Harleen, our our heroine, she is she's not particularly concerned with men at this point. She's got a very boring life working for the Bank of Shimla. She's a bank mm-hmm. receptionist. Um, yes. And she dreams of traveling to all of the far off places she sees in her computer screensaver. But that evening, as she is sitting in bed eating ice cream, she is targeted by a very aggressive (laughs) ad for a dating site called truelove.com. And the commercial tells her that if she doesn't join right now, her life will melt away just like her ice cream. Um, so harsh. So rude. But for Harleen, this this plants <laughs> a seed, a seed of, of maybe wanting to get out there on the dating scene. And that seed is then watered the next day at work when her boss, who is a really inappropriate guy, they're honoring a woman who has worked for the Bank of Shimla for 30 years and she's never been married. And the idea of being a woman who has worked in a well-paying job in a stable career for 30 years and who never felt the need to get married is utterly horrifying to all of the single women in the office, including Harleen. Um, So she joins truelove.com. I know. It's like, did anyone actually ask that woman how she feels about it? (laughs) She does not look broken up about it at all. She's like, yeah, give me my clock. I'm going to go home and eat some ice cream in bed. (laughs) Like... But so Harleen, she goes home, she joins truelove.com, she immediately gets a match and sets up a date with a man named Vicky. We don't mm-hmm. see his picture. Nope, that's part of it. It is part of it, yeah. Meanwhile, our wavy-haired jewel thief Rajveer meets up with Zafar's spiky-haired right-hand man, <laughs> Hamid Gul, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rajveer tells Gul that he is now demanding a whole lot more money for the diamond. And Gul and his men are obviously not pleased with this. And so they threaten Rajveer, but he tells them, like, well, too bad. I've put sleeping drugs in your drinks. Um, but unfortunately, the drinks have been delivered to a neighboring table where a woman shrieks as her companions pass out next to her. And Rajveer is just like, oops. And then he runs away. <laughs> Yes, Um, in awesome slow-mo parkour. Yes, this leads to a a roof-jumpy parkour-esque chase scene, and it ends with the first of several instances of Rajveer jumping from a high height (laughs) into nothing, seemingly just hoping for the best. And he does, in this instance, land safely, uh, Mm -hmm. and then he turns back to the goons who stand atop the platform, and he confirms with a wave of his hand that 
that they do not plan to follow him, and then he limps off. <laughs> yeah, like, at least this one, you see him land. Yeah. And you see him kind of like, ah, my leg. Like, ouch, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones, you're just like, how did you get out of that one? Just, like, leap into a dark abyss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the hand wave moment is always, always excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't know why they didn't just shoot him because they did have guns yeah. and he was just standing there for several <laughs> seconds. Um, they were too impressed. They're like, I guess, that man yeah. <laughs> can't be shot. He just yeah. jumped off a building. <laughs> Let that guy go. He's cool. But so then we see Harlene arrive at her truelove.com date and she has got like the info about her date Vicky on her table. And then Rajveer just happens to be passing through town, um, and he sees Harleen through the restaurant window. And she is just so beautiful that he has to go and talk to her, so he walks in, and she doesn't know, again, what Vicky looks like, and so she just, like, sees this gorgeous man walk in (laughs) and has a moment that I think anyone who's been on a blind date could relate to of, like please god let that be him (laughs) or also then my second thought which is oh god please let it not be him (laughs) just because that's intimidating that's too much handsome yeah Yeah. (laughs) but hardly so she she waves at him he waves back and so you know she has come to the conclusion that he is vicky and rajveer needs a place to hide out so he's like yep that's me and and he sits Uh down and joins her and he's doing his best to kind of go along with this but because he is not vicky there's a little bit of awkwardness with him not knowing things that he should know and pretending to know things that he wouldn't know and we learn during this exchange that harleen also did not have her picture up on her dating profile right and her bio had just two words in it bank receptionist (laughs) yeah i don't i i have some bones to pick yeah this app because (laughs) how are you matching people if you were just like well these two gave no information so let's just put them together this is your true love Yeah. Vicky and bank receptionist. You have to give him credit. Like, he is very smooth. He does cover for, for all this very yeah. well. Yes. But also, like, they're both hot and they're both into each yeah. other. So, like, who even cares <laughs> what's coming out of their mouths? It's like, I don't know, whatever. Um, so, meanwhile, the government... The Indian government has found CCTV footage of Rajveer stealing the Kohinoor, and then they locate him using that CCTV footage in Shimla. They find him, they see him there. And so they now know where he is, and so do the goons. There's a lot of different bad guys bopping around in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Back on the date, Harleen tells Rajveer that she dreams of one day quitting her job and seeing the world, and Rajveer asks her how she'll know when that one day has come. And then he tells her that he lives every day like it's his last, so all he ever has is one day. And then he tells her to close her eyes, and when she hesitates, he whispers, trust me. It feels like such a line. <laughs> it's such I a mean, line. Like, I get it's, it. Look, all it of would this work is, on me. Yeah. <laughs> all of this is this very, man, very liney. Um, yeah. You know, and who, who wouldn't trust him? And so she closes her eyes and we are launched into our first dance number. Two, 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 mary, um, and I'm going to pick this as my favorite. Um, I, it's, yes, good. It's a tough choice, but mm-hmm. I'm, the reason I'm picking this one is because... So you had shown me Oof and Bang Bang before we watched mm-hmm. the movie. You had not shown me To Marie. 
And so this was the first time, and it's the first dance number in the movie, so this was the first time that I was, like, swept away Mm -hmm. by a Bollywood dance number. So it's always going to be in my mind and my heart as, like, my first... Yeah, and it's a special one for sure. Mm -hmm. And I remember too, because, you know, there were like two years where Om Shanti Om and Bang Bang were the only Bollywood films I'd seen. Yeah. And so when I wanted to watch some Bollywood dance numbers, it was like To Marie and Oof. And then I'd go back to To Marie and then I'd go to Oof and then To Marie. And so, (laughs) yeah. Like, honestly, watching it is like putting on a really comfy cardigan. That's, yeah, that's how I feel too. Cause there yeah. was, it was a year for me between watching Bang Bang and our, like, our real, like, Bollywood journey beginning. Our and, renaissance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I remember, like, being in the car and being like, I wanna listen to Bollywood and it'd just be like, oof and tumory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on repeat. On repeat. You're like, this is all I have. <laughs> this is all I have. This is all I can cling to. Oh, oh, and, mm. and, um, the Doom, the song from Doom was also in there. Doom. Anyway, come on, um, you people. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that one at least is in English, so you can sing along. Um, Yeah, I just I I love everything about this number. His smile, Mm -hmm. his joy. It just like it's pure rhythmic goodness, and you just can't help but like fall for it. It's so great. I agree. I've also tried so, so hard to learn this dance, and I cannot (laughs) get the timing right. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to get like Rithik's. I mean, he's everything is in time, but he's so fluid that it's hard to yeah. even like clock the way he's, he's moving doing. his body. Yeah. yeah, you almost have to watch the backup dancers. And then I was gonna say, I don't think I've ever looked at a single backup dancer in this. Number. No, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what's funny is that you then like gradually realize they're in some fun costumes back mm-hmm. there. <laughs> you know, like the big hats and everything yeah yeah and i it took me i don't even know how long to realize there's just like angels rising yeah. <laughs> on the other, either side of him but i also just love like when harleen's kind of like flouncing down the road in front of him and yes. he's just like dancing oh, at her that's one of my favorite oh my parts God. yeah it's really good <laughs> At the end of the number, as we're, we're wrapping up here, the goons, the bad guy goons, uh, show up. And so Rajveer, he he sees them. He's got to get away. So he knocks a drink. Even that moment is, like, so smooth that you don't even yeah. really notice what happens. But he, like, knocks a drink out of a, a passing waitress's hands. It falls on Harleen. So Harleen's, like, she's she's got to excuse herself yeah. to the bathroom. Um, Mm -hmm. And so once she's gone, he starts fighting off the goons um, (laughs) and we get this fight. Yeah, (laughs) just shooting into the crowd. It's fine. Um, And we get this fight scene intercut with Harleen talking to herself (laughs) in the bathroom about Vicky. Oh, he's so handsome. He's so calm and so simple. And I just I love that. Yeah. I also love that she's just like the girls at work are going to be so jealous. (laughs) So jealous, which like, yeah. But so when she comes out of the bathroom, she sees the restaurant has just been absolutely trashed. Um, and then the <laughs> and real Vicky shows up. Yeah, fake Vicky is gone. Real Vicky shows up with flowers saying like, oh, I'm so sorry. My ba- my car battery died. I'm here now. So Harleen, very confused. She's driving home and she then hits a man with her car. <laughs> <laughs> like on a bridge. On I a feel bridge. Like she's on a bridge. Where did he come from? <laughs> the, si- the side of the bridge, I guess. Um, Rajveer, yeah, this is the man she hits with her car is Rajveer. He is apparently yep. lurking on this bridge, like, I don't know, <laughs> waiting to stop her, I guess. So he stops her with his body. 
body. But he's pretty okay, but he has been shot. <laughs> so he, he actually introduces himself as Rajveer, and he tells her mm-hmm. that he... He lied about who he was, but everything else he said was the truth. And Harleen, she's not having any of this. And I love that she (laughs) turns to leave and she's like, call a doctor. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Rajveer stops her and tells her that she's in danger. So he gets her to help him perform surgery on himself. (laughs) Also, wait, is she actually in danger? Because like he sent her away before the bad guys actually saw her. That's a great point. She may not be in danger. I don't know. You're attractive. I'm interested in seeing where this thing goes. Let You're me drag you along on, on this adventure. Yeah. That's but really yes, funny. to right, but to the surgery. Rajveer asks her to hold the flashlight for him while he's uh-huh. pulling a bullet out of his side. And yeah. he he tells her that uh she is holding the flashlight very well. He's like, You're doing a great yeah. job, Harley, and you're the That's- best ever at this. And that is what we call a Harleen compliment. A Harleen compliment, yeah. Something that literally anyone could do. And he's like, God, you're really good at this. You know, you're holding that flashlight, like, so well. So steady. I can't believe it. And meanwhile, like, her eyes are closed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yep. He also, uh, he had, like, tucked the diamond Okay, I guess this is why he needs her. He stopped her. Yeah. To put her in danger. Yeah, to put her in danger. Yeah. Um, He he had put the the diamond in her purse so that the goons wouldn't get it. Um, And so then he like takes it back sneakily while her eyes are shut while she's holding the flashlight. And then the surgery complete, he hands Harleen a bottle of water and tells her to drink it. And then for no reason that I can can determine other than to thirst trap both Harleen and the audience, he removes his shirt, shakes it off, (laughs) and then puts it back on. I love it because yeah it is clearly like my body's a weapon (laughs) in in all the ways let me get this woman to drug herself by looking at my abs (laughs) yes because she's so she's so distracted she just chugs the water staring at him Katrina's great in this moment her facial expression is perfect Um, it is great I mean also his body's absurd real humans aren't this chiseled I know it's un it's unbelievable (laughs) yeah but Um, I mean it, it happened it's real. It happened, yeah, and it took a lot of hard work to get there, I'm sure. Yes. But so, yes, he has drugged this water, and so Harleen starts to kind of fade into unconsciousness, but Rajveer tells her as she's drifting that two groups are going to come after her. There are going to be the goons, the bad guys, and then there's going to be the government, who are also the bad guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this is how I distinguish them. There's the goons, and then there's the government. And so one or the other will find her and tell her that he's a psychotic criminal, and they're going to bring her somewhere safe. Mephus. Mephus. Quotation. Mephus? But she won't actually be safe, so he is going to hide a gun in the car that they're going to take her away in, um, and then she can use that gun to escape. How many guns does he have? He's literally like, if it's this brand of car, it's going to be under this seat. If it's this brand of car, it's going to be the other seat. It's just like all and the like... cars just tuck these. <laughs> yeah. He like goes around to a dealership and just like puts guns in all the seats. <laughs> Oh um, my gosh, yeah. But so then she she passes out in his arms. And then I, I'm not even really going to go into the plot that's happening here, but I just would need to call out the scene where one of Hamid Ghul's 
goons wades into the pool to tell him about Harleen. Because <laughs> it's just so I funny. Also, I also just love, like, he's walking in because he feels like he has to go through the pool to get to him. Yeah. And then you see him hit the drop <laughs> from the shallow end to the deep end, and then he's just like, bloop. <laughs> like, his whole, like, just his shoulders and his little head are above water, and he's just there yeah. in his, like, suit with the water up to his shoulder. And then at one moment, he takes his sunglasses off and puts them fully underneath the water, too. Like, just because yeah his arms are under it's really it's visually very funny i love this moment um and ghoul doesn't even know what's happening he turns around and he's just like he's just like what are you doing here (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's very funny back to the actual storyline that matters here so harleen she wakes up in bed safe the next day but despite realizing that this man is a lying criminal who drugged her she can't stop thinking about rajveer um, yeah. And so we we get the the joyful opening guitar chords of our next dance number, Oof. Yeah, Oof is my favorite. Excellent choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. She sees him everywhere. Oh, it's so cute. But also Rajveer's outfit with the like the collared shirt under the vest, under mm-hmm. the jacket. I'm like with the jeans. Yep, it's a good look. <laughs> It is a very good look. Both of them, several mm-hmm. excellent outfits in this number. I love all of Rajveer's cardigans, oh, his yeah. jacket. There's quite so a good. few. <laughs> yeah, I got. I mean, how do you even catalog all the amazing things that happened <laughs> in Oof? But like, I like in in what I would consider the first big moment of the the music number uh-huh. harleen just swings across on a tire swing in like a gown yeah. and that tire swing has to be suspended by a crane like yeah. there's no because there's way. nothing else around she's just like an open air tire swing it's just whoosh <laughs> And then it's also like the oof, <laughs> and then the shoulder bopping. I love his like the way that he does the moves. Like it's oh, also yeah. like effortless and casual, yes. and it's like like this is this dance would be a pretty easy one to learn. <laughs> oh yeah, um, Rithik just makes it look so good. And we also have and- to talk about the jeans, the moment where he does the leg thing. Yes, the, like, he does. Yeah, the he also rotates like his hips in their sockets, leg swinging moment, and this like in in he's wearing jeans. That's also a common thing that we say during like watching this film. It's like he did it in jeans, in jeans. <laughs> because yeah, I'm like, first of all, you would have really had to stretch before you could do that, or at least I would have to really stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Before I could do that move. Um, but he's kicking butt. Well, also, yeah. Like, like literally. <laughs> like, literally. There's also just so many pieces. This is this music number is all over the place, it and is. I love it for yeah. it. I don't know if JCPenney exists outside of the U.S., but if it does, you know exactly. Like, it is that moment when they're, like, in the park, and she's wearing this, like, cute dress, and, yeah, he's wearing a cardigan, and I'm like, this just looks like a department store ad. Yeah. Well, and then the part with the gown and the winter scene, I always think of um, the, if anyone has seen the Erasure Always music video. <laughs> you, you always, I forgot that whenever we watch I think Oof, about you it tend to be like, every no, time. Watch. 
every time we watch it, we get to that moment, and I'm like, I just have to see, like, always, I want to be with you. If anyone, if anyone listening hasn't seen that, do yourself a favor and look up Erasure Always. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. I, I always forget that it exists until we have these conversations, and I'm like, oh my god, talk about a weird thing. <laughs> But that's also one of my favorite moments when it's like she's singing and he's just like, hey. I guess really he's saying, hey, but you know. They could do it like the, the, the goat meme with like the Taylor Swift song. for all that it is and all that it will ever be yep it's incredible it's a great number great song too like the just the music is is so joyful and happy and beautiful but so we end with harleen she like she's kind of danced into her office and her office you know her colleagues are all dancing with her but in reality (laughs) she is just like singing and dancing on her desk um and everyone's looking at her like what (laughs) yeah as we all have done after a great first date with a diamond (laughs) thief who drugged us yeah i know that's happened to me countless times Mm -hmm. um But he was a gentleman about it, so it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, so Harleen, she, you know, she gathers herself, she sits down, but then the, the government agents show up, and they tell her that they gotta take her down to the police station. And then everything happens exactly like Rajveer told her it would. Um, they tell her that he's uh, he, he's a psycho, um, and that he's just using her, and that they're going to bring her somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. And Harleen's like, <laughs> uh, safe? With the air quotes? Yeah. And they're Um, like, why are you using air quotes? (laughs) (laughs) But so they they drive past the police station and Harleen's like, okay, this is bad. I'm in a bad situation. So she gotta look for this gun. She reaches under her seat and does find a gun there. And she aims it at the agents and tells them to stop the car. But then it turns out I don't think there really needed to be a gun because then Rajveer just shows up. Out of nowhere, literally riding a motorbike from the sky. Jump a motorcycle, like, over a car, like, lands on their car. Um, Yeah. This whole, like, very elaborate and physically impossible chase scene ensues. (laughs) Rajveer is, like, on a bus. Harleen hijacks the car. The government agents are no longer there. She's chasing the bus in the car. Rajveer falls off the bus. He swings (laughs) on a, a... cord a la George of the Jungle and then lands on Harleen's car and then he like takes over driving the car and he's just like what's up Harleen um <laughs> so they they drive into the I city. don't know how you wouldn't be in love with this man I know like, he's just so very overwhelmed it. and bewildered but also like very impressed yeah <laughs> The chase scene continues down the city, like in the, through the narrow streets, um, and eventually he stops the car, and the bad guys kind of pull up. I don't remember if at this point it's the government or the goons who are chasing them, but bad guys They're are all there. the same. Um, <laughs> Rajveer tells Harleen to stay in the car, but she doesn't. She immediately like runs out to the bad guys and is like, "Help! This man's crazy!" And then they start shooting at her, and so she turns around yeah. and runs back to Rajveer. <laughs> and Rajveer's like, "Okay, so your choices are you can." be actually safe with me or you can be safe with the air quotes with them and Uh she's like i choose you 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Radvir's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm kidding. I'm actually going to go shoot them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he goes out. He shoots up all the bad guys. And after a few half-hearted attempts to get away from Rajveer, Harleen ends up deciding she's going to stick with him. And as they're driving away from Shimla, she sees him pull up an address on his phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a on Google, Google Maps. Maps. Yeah. <laughs> and like we see a cozy little house that he is looking at on just, his phone. That he's just, as he's driving, he's like, let me look at this. Just look at it wistfully. Okay, put it back in my phone. <laughs> I do think there was a way to fit that into the plot in a smoother way. Uh, <laughs> who needs it? <laughs> So they then stop at a remote mountain pizza hut. <laughs> Literally. For dinner. Um, it's like the it's most beautiful the location a for a pizza <laughs> hut I've ever seen. And Rajveer and Harleen get into a little tiff about money, where Rajveer threatens to shoot the poor cashier uh, if Harleen doesn't give him money for pizza. Um, uh-huh. So they, have, they do eventually sit down and enjoy their personal pan pizzas, and Harleen finally asks Rajveer what he did to piss off all these people. And so he takes out the Koinor and shows it to her. And then from a neighboring table, one of the government agents appears. He's also sitting there eating his own pizza. Um, yeah. And he, love, yeah, it's like they, they entered the restaurant, saw like who they were looking for, and then they were like, let me get my own pizza. But I'm going to get <laughs> my own more pizza. Dramatic. We got to lure everyone into a false sense of security. <laughs> So this government agent, he tells Harleen that Rajveer stole the diamond just to get the money. He didn't do it out of, like, love for his country or anything like that. And also, Harleen should come with him, otherwise she's going to die with Rajveer. Um, And Harleen is swayed by this, and she's about to go with the government agent. And then she's like, she turns to Rajveer, she's like, I thought you were a good man, but you're just a criminal. And then Rajveer (laughs) is like, no, I'm actually not going to let you go. And then he takes out a gun and shoots her. Yeah. And then everyone starts shooting, so Rajveer grabs Harleen and then jumps out the window and they plummet down the cliff below outside the pizza like, hut. The glass window. Yeah. Through the glass window, literally over the side of a snowy mountain cliff. Yep. You cannot see the bottom. No, you cannot. But don't worry. They're fine. They're fine. Because the next thing we see is Harleen periodically waking up as Rajveer transports her to one of his many safe houses. So Harleen wakes up in a cozy little cabin on the beach. She steps outside onto this gorgeous tropical island to see Rajveer chopping wood shirtless uh, Mm -hmm. with a shirt tucked into his pants that does turn out to be her tank top. Her shirt. I don't. Yeah. yeah, But weird. It's weird that Um, he was like, you have to reach into my crotch to get it. To get your shirt. (laughs) Harleen's pretty upset. She goes up. She starts yelling at him for shooting her and for changing her clothes while she was unconscious. And Rajveer explains that one. He shot her with a tranquilizer gun, so that, you know, that was all fine. And also, he could easily change her clothes without, you know, opening his eyes. He didn't, but he could have. I um, could just use do it by feel alone. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anything. I just, I just touched everything. your body. <laughs> well, yeah, we also, Consent is important. Yeah. Consent is so important. And this is also a very early, like, mid-2000s thing. I yeah. just don't think in today's climate you could put out a movie <laughs> that, like, has this happen. Because back then it's like, oh, haha, that's so funny. Yeah. But now like... it's like he undressed her while she was Why? unconscious. 
anyway. so, so she's upset, so she storms off into the jungle. Also, wait, sorry, there's another Harleen compliment, because as she's, like, pushing him into the surf, because also, why is he wearing jeans rolled up on jeans, this island? Yeah. <laughs> Gross. He only it's has like the one pair humid. of pants. <laughs> yeah. But she's, like, punching him, and I was also like, that would just hurt your hand. Mm-hmm watching this happen punching a brick and wall. then he's like wow harleen you're so good at fighting yeah <laughs> as he has like her like in a hold <laughs> yeah and then she bites him <laughs> yeah i do like that because he's like ow <laughs> yeah him right it's a good moment a lot of funny moments between these two yeah. that i enjoyed but so yeah she storms off into the jungle and harleen tries to call her grandma but the connection's bad and so she ends up like falling down a ditch into some water she's like i have had enough she goes back to the beach Rajveer is now chopping fruit instead of wood, and he tells Harleen that he stole the Koronor diamond to keep it safe so that no one else could take it, and he can't hand it over to the government because this bad guy, Zafar, has contacts everywhere so no one can be trusted. But just as Rajveer is explaining this, a bunch of people show up and start shooting at them. And it turns out that they were able to track Harleen's phone call. Um, mm-hmm. And so they run into the jungle. St- and luckily, Rajveer has laid some booby traps around his, the, yeah. you know, his safe house. So he's able to, like, take down a lot of these goons. And he ends up confronting the same, like, adorable goon who <laughs> waded into the pool earlier. Yeah. And he asks him how he can find Zafar. So the pool guy explains that he's only dealt with Hamid Gol. And Hamid Gol is in Prague. And I'm not totally clear... Like, how this then leads into what we see next. Harleen was under the water. But so then Harleen, apparently, meanwhile, is escaping from the island using, like, a tiny, like, personal, like, motorized, like, boogie board, basically. Yeah. That she's, like, you know, just, like, diving through the waves. And this thing moves super slowly. So when the goons are on, like, motorboats and jet skis coming after her, Thank like, you. they yeah. could have very easily caught her. But luckily, Rajveer <laughs> rises, rises from the ocean <laughs> with oh some, like, some jet rocket boots. I guess it's cool, but... <laughs> It's also really funny. It's really ridiculous. And <laughs> because he's like a dolphin. Yeah, he does dive through the waves like a dolphin. And then he's just shooting. How is he shooting? His guns are wet. He's got a waterproof gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the merman. Um <laughs> just like <what>? <laughs> <laughs> You know the merman. <laughs> the merman with their waterproof guns. <laughs> A conspiracy theory I have about <laughs> mer people and guns. Anyway, but so yeah, this is how they escape from the island. So they get away, they end up like running up onto another beach that they have arrived at using these watercraft. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they get on a train to Prague. <laughs> Now they're in Prague. Um, yes. And Harleen and Rajveer have another heart-to-heart where Harleen says that she does finally trust him. And Rajveer says that the thing he has most wanted in this world is home. Um, yeah. And this leads us into our next montage love song. <laughs> I uh, like yeah. this little fantasy where they just it's... run like a little in. Yeah, he like plays the guitar for the patrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he wears a lot of cardigans and like <laughs> they just kind of look beautiful together. Yeah. But so as the number wraps up, we we head back to reality. Doesn't she like wake up and they're just in Prague? 
Yeah. I mean, it so, does... <laughs> right, I know this time she wasn't drugged. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's a red flag, ladies. <laughs> like, if you just keep, like, waking up... <laughs> In different in a new place. Man has brought you different places wearing and different clothes. Your clothes. Yes. It you doesn't matter probably... how handsome he is, you should probably find someone else. <laughs> yeah. There are better options out there. Um but yeah, so Rajveer, he's getting ready to confront Hamid Ghoul. And so he gets all dressed up in a tuxedo with a red jacket. Um, Mm -hmm. And he tells Harleen to stay behind at the hotel, but she's like, no, we're a team now. You need me. Which is not true, but sure, Harleen. But that delivery was so cute. Like, (laughs) I just cute, yeah. Katrina Cave is so cute. She is adorable. But so he leaves her to get ready. um, And while he's waiting, he sees a newspaper with both their faces on it. And it says that they're both wanted. And so just as Harleen steps out of the hotel wearing a really beautiful red flowy dress with midriff cutouts, which I loved, the police walk by. And so Rajveer has no choice but to pin her against the wall to hide them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My heart just skipped. I know. And then this, (laughs) this moment gets very steamy and he basically taunts her into kissing him. Um, in mm-hmm. a, not that makes it sound weird no, in a, yeah. in a very mutual flirty way. She gives him a quick peck, and then he's like, "No, no, that's not a kiss. This is a kiss. It is, a and kiss. yeah, it is. It's a great kiss. Great, <laughs> excellent such kiss. A good kiss. <laughs> very good. Very distracting, but they do still have a job to do. Yeah. And so, uh, so Rajveer and Harleen they head to this casino, and they get into a fake fight to draw Hamid Ghul's attention, and then Ghul follows Harleen out of the casino as she, like, storms out in a rage. You know, she, like, fake flirts with him, and he's like, yeah, meet me on the terrace in five minutes, and I'll have champagne. But Harleen, she's obviously just the bait, um, and so it is Rajveer who (laughs) goes to meet Ghul on the (laughs) terrace. But Ghul won't tell him where Zafar is, and so they fight, and then some of the goons show up, and Rajveer ends up using Ghul as a human shield. So Ghul is now dead, and Rajveer did not get the information he needed, and so he runs off into the night. Meanwhile, the government finds Harleen, and they tell her that Rajveer can't be trusted. They tell her that they just saw him kill Ghul, and they tell her that they will let her go free. You know, she's an international criminal right now, but they'll let her go free and go back to her grandmother if she helps them capture Rajveer, and they give her a transmitter to plant on him. So she's feeling very conflicted, and she ends up meeting up with Rajveer, and they walk to this bridge, and she calls him a liar, and he's like, no, you have to trust me, I know what I'm doing, and he actually, like, takes the Koenor out of his pocket and puts it on the side of the bridge, but she says that she can't trust him, and then she shows him the transmitter, and he's like, well, fine, if you can't trust me, then, like, let's just, let's just do this thing, and he turns the transmitter on. The government descends upon them, but Rajveer runs across the bridge, and he jumps into the water, but not before he is shot. Potentially mm-hmm. multiple times. So he's not, uh, yeah. not doing great. Um, and Again, when, that's why you work out so much. Yeah, your, your muscle stop can the bullets. stop bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. But so Harleen looks over the side of the bridge where Rajveer jumped, and she does not see him come up for air, and so the government goons conclude that he must be dead. 
And Harleen's pretty bummed out about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. She tries to go back to her normal life, but then she remembers the address that Rajveer had pulled up on his phone when they were driving earlier. Mm-hmm. And she goes to that address and she ends up meeting a very nice older couple who show her pictures of their sons, Viren, who died in the line of duty. And this is Viren Nanda. And then there's also Jai. And he is also in the army, but he's missing and presumed dead. Mm-hmm. And this Jai guy, he looks a lot like a, like another guy we know. <laughs> and Dad says that he believes that their son is alive because he was a champion swimmer and he could hold his breath longer than anybody else. And so mm-hmm. Harleen is like, okay, so clearly Rajveer it was a fake name and he's alive because he can hold his breath for a really long time. But he bef- was shot multiple he times. He was also shot multiple times, but that's not a problem for him. We've seen <laughs> him get shot before. He's fine. Before Harleen can do anything with this information, she gets nabbed by Zafar and his men. Mm-hmm. And Zafar brings her to a big compound slash palace in the middle of the desert, and he shows her the Kohinoor diamond that the government got from Rajveer when they shot him earlier. Mm-hmm. But then he pulls out a hammer and he smashes it. Yeah. And what's funny to me is Harleen does not immediately go like, that's fake. She's like, why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't. uh, She doesn't understand. (laughs) She doesn't know how diamonds work. Um, Yeah. Anyone else watching would realize immediately that this is a fake. And that is what Zafar Uh then ends up revealing. Then the government agent who we've seen before, like he comes out. And so, okay, like the government and Zafar, they were all working together. And Rajveer was right that there's infiltration of bad guys in the government. They think that Harley knows where the real Koinor is. And so they give her a truth serum, (laughs) which I'd love to know the science behind a truth serum. Um, I'm pretty sure science has proven that it doesn't exist. Right? <laughs> Great. Like, I, I, I think I've looked it up before, and I think they're like, there's no such thing as a truth serum. There are things that can make you compelled to talk more. Okay. But but tr- but tell the truth is not. Well, that was exactly I, yeah. what I was like. I don't think that's real. <laughs> and I would love to hear right. somebody try to justify to me with science how they could make it real. But I'm also like alcohol can kind of do that to it's, most people. Yeah, that's so. true. Um, loosen the tongue a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they just inject her with alcohol <laughs> straight into her bloodstream. <laughs> straight into the bloodstream. <laughs> it's good for you. But Harleen obviously doesn't know where the real diamond is. And all they can get out of her is that it was, in fact, Rajvi who turned on the transmitter and so she's like oh this is all a part of his plan and at that point we cut to Rajveer who is skydiving towards the compound and then he climbs out of nowhere yeah I know like he has to have friends who he works with with yeah we never meet any of them but then he uses a grappling hook a la Batman to climb the walls of the compound and he bursts into the room where Zafar is holding Harleen and these guns ablaze and then Zafar just slow claps for him and the goons all start beating Rajveer up um, and they're trying to get him to reveal where the Kohinoor is and he finally tells them the truth. The Kohinoor is in London Mm -hmm. and he reveals that this was a joint operation with MI6. Nobody ever stole the diamond. They did it to catch Zafar. Brilliant. Great reveal. I really like that. Love a twist. Love a twist. And then Rajveer tells Zafar to look into his eyes and to see that there is nothing there but pride. And Zafar remembers Nanda. And he realizes Mm -hmm. that Rajveer is Nanda's brother. And Rajveer says that the countdown to Zafar's death began that day and it ends today. 
And then he starts counting down from 10, and with each number, there's an explosion. Yeah. But when he gets down to one, nothing happens until Rajveer cracks his neck and whispers, bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> and then he kicks Zafar back, and there's an explosion. But Zafar does not get affected by this explosion, and when the dust clears, he has disappeared. And so Rajveer grabs Harleen, and they run. Um, mm-hmm. And we get a very silly escape scene where <laughs> Rajveer is just dragging poor drugged Harley. She spends half this movie drugged. <laughs> just dragging her along. So they eventually end up on a motorcycle together. They're chasing after Zafar's SUV as it leaves the compound. And Rajveer tells Harleen that she is exciting. And then he swings her around <laughs> to straddle him. Uh, yeah. So she's facing back and he tells her to grab the guns he has strapped to his back and so then she's shooting the guns behind him as he's driving them forward this classic shot so lots more shooting lots more chasing um zafar and his crew end up getting the better of rajveer and harleen and he ends up kidnapping harleen and tells rajveer that he will hand her over when rajveer steals the real koinor for him mm-hmm. so zafar pieces with harleen and he leaves his goons behind to beat up rajveer with a metal pipe but then Rajveer yeah. grabs the pipe and he takes all the goons down and he runs after Zafar and he happens to pass a race car track um, so he steals <laughs> one of the race cars and I think it's an F1 car yeah. <laughs> um, what? he steals it and he catches up to Zafar who has handcuffed Harleen inside of a seaplane that's about to take off <laughs> this is so ridiculous. so ridiculous <laughs> just like listing thing after thing like this it's so funny <laughs> so Rajveer harpoons the seaplane and then he water skis minus the skis behind the seaplane and he shoots the engines of the plane so it can't take off and Harleen, then she grabs a gun and she just starts shooting everyone and everything inside the seaplane, <laughs> except for Zafar. He's fine. But the plane does catch on fire. <laughs> I just... <laughs> so Rajveer gets on the plane. He fights off Zafar. He frees Harleen. But just as they're about to escape, Zafar pops back up and he shoots Rajveer. Rajveer's been shot for like the fourth time in this movie. Um, Rajveer pushes Harleen off the plane and he grabs the axe that he used to free her and then he hits Zafar with it right as Zafar catches fire, (laughs) catches on fire. Very poetic with that being the way that his brother died. Mm -hmm. Um, So Rajveer leaps off the plane right before it explodes, but he's unconscious and just as he is sinking into the depths, we see Harleen grab his hand. So Rajveer wakes up in a hospital and his government boss is there. So it's a little bit unclear at this point. It's like, okay, government boss, like maybe he's a good guy and then the right. other other government guys are bad guys. So like the boss tells Rajveer that he did a good job. They sent Harleen home. Um, and then he's like, Jai Nanda is dead. So you're now officially Rajveer and you've given us your whole life. So then he tells Rajveer that tomorrow he will be transported to a safe place. Mm-hmm. And so it's clear that, yes, in fact, this government guy is also a bad guy. So Rajveer <laughs> is a little bit concerned. But luckily, a nurse then arrives to give him some medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and as his vision starts to blur, Rajveer realizes that this nurse is Harleen and she is rescuing him. Um, by and drugging. <laughs> by drugging him. And just as we saw earlier with her being drugged and, bringing, and him bringing her all these places, we see her 
bringing him to the safe place of his parents' house. Yeah. Um, and after a joyful reunion with his family, we fade to black, and we hear Rajbir tell Harleen that there is just one thing left to do. Bang, bang. <laughs> this launches us into our final dance number, the title track, Bang, Bang. And every dance number in this movie is so different. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I love that about them all. Like, yep. Bang Bang, I, I'd say we've talked about this before, but like the title track songs, generally speaking, are not the best ones. They're never my favorite. They're rarely my film. favorites. Yeah. Yeah. But Bang Bang is genuinely really good. It's a I really think, good one. Yeah. I do think, you know, I prefer to Marie and Oof. Yeah. But is very very good mm-hmm. and very very catchy yeah and i love like the disco ball in the water yeah and i just love in the beginning with rithic just like lurking in the background with his abs <laughs> out like that's just so funny what is he even wearing like he's just I wearing like an open i think he's wearing an thing. open like hooded vest like he's right. just sort of like hey here on i am it. just here are my abs <laughs> all 28 of them um yeah bonkers very bonkers but i do also like just going back to the plot briefly yeah (laughs) like wouldn't his parents house be the first place that the government looked for him because it's not a secret who his parents are yeah you'd think but maybe his parents live off the grid well, he found their house on Google Maps <laughs> Well, he easily. knew where they lived. <laughs> he knew where they lived because he helped them find maybe, that safe Maybe house. that was his own, like, video feed that he had on the yeah, house or something. Yeah. That's weird and creepy. Don't spy on your parents. <laughs> well, just to keep making... It's only the oh, outside right. of their security. house. <laughs> <laughs> they would have security. It's not like that's true. in their bedroom or something. I also... I really like the turtleneck he's wearing when he goes home. Yeah. I just, I like, I like, apparently I like my Bollywood men in turtlenecks because I'm realizing I mentioned this about Rithik. I mentioned it about Ron Veer. About Shah Rukh too. Yeah. About Shah Rukh. I think this is a, yeah, this might be a new journey for you to explore further. Um, I also want to know what happened to grandma and my, and I hope that they, like all of them now live together in that nice house. Um, They brought Mm -hmm. grandma. She's safe with them. Like grandma's house was also really nice it was really pretty yeah i would be sad to leave that house if i were grandma <laughs> beautiful yeah. view oh my god i know i really really want to go to shimla i know it's gorgeous bang bang that's bang bang yeah it's a good one because it's just so wonderful and it's so funny and yeah the chemistry is great the songs are great i love siddhartha nand too i do and too like, how he does things because he's just really good at making entertaining action films and to be honest and i know siddhartha nand didn't write this movie right so like and and it was an adaptation anyway so i'm not gonna like blame anybody really for the like not super feminist message of it but even that i didn't really mind it because no harleen is such a comedic character and i genuinely found katrina cave's performance like funny like her actually being funny with it and so I was I was just like this is just funny and it's so ridiculous and hyperbolic that I don't think anybody actually thinks this way it's just like the whole movie is over the top and ridiculous and so this aspect of it is also over the top and ridiculous I don't want to say I'm defending it or that I like that element of it it just doesn't bother me because of everyone who's involved and does a good job with it I agree and I think also again like from what I can remember it was in the original source as well so I'm kind of like if we're gonna get mad about it 
I'm going to get mad at Hollywood. Yeah. I'd <laughs> always rather get mad at Hollywood than Bollywood. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. Great. Well, I am ready to be educated. Yeah. I researched the Koinor. Not a surprise, given <laughs> that, like, this whole movie's about it. Yeah. The Koinor is known as one of the largest cut diamonds in the world, weighing in at 105.6 carats or 21.12 grams. Documented history of the diamond before the 1740s is hard to find, but the earliest attested weight is 191 carats or 38.2 grams. Wow. It is almost half the size of what it once was. And it is said to be cursed and that it leads to the death or misfortune of whomever owns it. Oh my. And boy, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of blood shed in the history of the Coador. There are a lot of different empires involved. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. There are many competing theories about where the Koinor originated, but it's thought that it was originally in the care of the Kakatiya dynasty, which ruled in southeastern India between the 12th and 14th centuries. Okay. So don't know where they got it. And then when the Kakatiyas were invaded and conquered by the Kalji dynasty of Delhi in the early 14th century, the diamond was looted by them. Okay. It was then passed down to the succeeding dynasties until it came into the hands of Babur, the founder of the Mughal Empire. Okay. Early in Indian history, diamonds were considered the most valuable of gemstones, but actually when the Mughal Empire came in, they were like, we actually prefer colored gemstones. Mm-hmm. So diamonds were not valued as highly as something like a ruby. Hmm. And by the time the fifth Mughal emperor, Shah Jahan, ascended the throne, they had so many gemstones accumulated in the royal treasury that he was like, we've got all these extra ones, including the Kohinoor. Like, that's just an extra (laughs) massive diamond that we have. I'm going to make this really ornate throne called the Peacock Throne. Okay. And have all these diamonds and other gemstones featured on it. Talk about first world problems. I got too many <laughs> gemstones. I don't know what to do with them all. Let me make a giant chair. <laughs> yes. So the peacock throne was made in 1635. And the Kohinoor was featured on the head of one of the peacocks. Mm, okay. Over a century later, in 1738, Nader Shah, founder of the Afsarid dynasty in Persia invaded the Mughal Empire and looted the Mughal treasury. Okay. And one of the items looted was the peacock throne. Mm-hmm. And the Kohinoor is said to get its name for when Nader Shah first saw the diamond, exclaiming, Kohinoor, which is Persian and Hindi Urdu for Mountain of Light. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful. It's kind of a nice romantic story. Yeah. But... Nader Shah ended up being killed a few years later, and the Kohinoor passed to his grandson, who gave it away in 1751 to Ahmad Shah Durrani, founder of the Afghan Empire, in return for his support. Okay. So now it's in present-day Afghanistan. Okay. And the diamond then passed to one of that guy's grandsons, who had to flee Afghanistan with the Kohinoor, I don't know if there was a coup or another dynasty came in. I don't know. But he had to flee Afghanistan. So he fled to Lahore, which is modern-day Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And in Lahore, the founder of the Sikh empire, Ranjit Singh, 
insisted that he be given the Koenor in return for his hospitality and granting the grandson of this Afghan empire, I don't know, safe haven? Safe place? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <Mephus>. Refuge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so Ranjit Singh took possession of the Koh in 1813. So now it's in Pakistan. Okay. Ranjit Singh affixed the Koh to the front of his turban and it went everywhere with him so that he could exhibit to both his subjects and prominent visitors, including British officers. Mm. Um, I got my information from, like, Wikipedia and the Smithsonian. Mm. So one of those is probably <laughs> more reliable than the other. But the Smithsonian claims that this is when the Koenor really became a symbol of prestige and power. And then the British began to covet what they called the Jewel of India. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ranjit Singh ended up having a stroke in 1839. Jeez. A lot of death, a lot, a lot of, of like, yeah. And then there was a big debate over where he willed the Kohenor to go after his death because he was like, I want to give it to this temple and put it in the care of some priests. But the treasurer, the royal treasurer was like, no, we're not doing that. And so his son and successor, Karak Singh, insisted that the Kohenor should remain in Lahore. So it did. A few months later, though... Karak Singh is overthrown in a coup, oh, no. orchestrated by his prime minister, oh, no. Dion Singh. And the prime minister gave it to his brother, and then the brother gifted the Kohinoor to the new Sikh emperor, Sher Singh, in 1841. Okay. <laughs> it's very, like, this would be a fascinating like book to read yeah (laughs) and then two years later in 1843 both the emperor and the prime minister were assassinated and a five-year-old named duleep singh was appointed emperor was it him who killed them no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) this is bonkers but um this five-year-old emperor wore the koinor in an armband too heavy for his five-year-old head (laughs) yeah and then in 1849 as the uk was fighting to conquer india they imprisoned the mother of the now 11 year old emperor Mm -hmm. and they forced him to sign the last treaty of lahore which annexed the kingdom of punjab and handed over the kohenor to queen victoria Mm. yeah the Koenor was then taken back to England, and there's, like, a whole thing about, like, the ship it was on got cholera. Like, a lot oh of people gosh. died. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not even. This diamond <laughs> is, it is cursed. <laughs> like, this yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. And then it was put on display at the Great Exhibition in London in 1851. Okay. But people, like, showed up to see it because it was rumored to be worth one to two million pounds. And then they were like, it's kind of ugly. Because apparently it was dull and it had a lot of flaws and it was asymmetrical, which actually fits the style of other Mughal era diamonds. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. I love a little asymmetry. Um, <laughs> right? Also just goes to show like the cultural differences right. and like what is beautiful. And Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, ordered the diamond to be cut in July 1852 because mm-hmm. he was like, let's make this thing more attractive to, to our me. English <laughs> eyes. Yes. 
Um, and that is when it was reduced from 191 carats to its current 105.6. And Queen Victoria wore the newly cut Koh-i-Noor in a brooch, but as time passed, she became uneasy about how the royal family had acquired the diamond. Thank you. God. That, yeah, good for Victoria. <laughs> I mean, it would have been great if it happened sooner, but... <laughs> yeah, she wrote to her daughter Victoria in the 1870s, No one feels more strongly than I do about India or how much I opposed our taking those countries, and I think no more will be taken, for it is very wrong and no advantage to us. You know also how I dislike wearing the Kohinoor. And I am like, I do think there are people who feel more strongly than you, white lady, about, <laughs> about India. India. <laughs> it's probably like the people who the live people there. who live there, whose country you stole. It's fine, <laughs> but you feel the strongest about it. Oh my god! And it's just like you didn't think something was wrong about wearing it until like thirty years later. <laughs> about like stealing all those countries, you're like, no, we yeah. shouldn't do that anymore. That's bad. <laughs> And, like, like, I do think there's a lot to talk about with the crown and stuff because I understand that it's, like, the queen is a figurehead yeah. versus the actual, like, government. And so, sure, it's not like she was, she like, let's go. She can feel differently about, yeah, what those choices right. are. And also, I think it's important to question, like, could you have done more? Yeah, probably. As a white person <laughs> living in history, a lot most white people could have done more and continue to should be doing more. We also, in a lot of ways, should have been doing less. <laughs> uh, yes! <laughs> Both of those We things. should have done less, and then we should have done more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, after Queen Victoria died, the Koh-i-Noor was set in the crown of the succeeding queens. Um, so that was when it became part of the British crown jewels, until the death of Queen Elizabeth in 2002. And it was then moved to the Tower of London with the other British crown jewels. And today, multiple countries claim ownership of the Koh-i-Noor, including India, Pakistan, and the Taliban in Afghanistan. And the question of what to do about valuables taken during by force during colonial times is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. Especially with something like the Koh-i-Noor that really did spend a lot of time it sounds like each of those places does have a legitimate claim right. to it yeah it is interesting because one scholar compared this discussion over like colonial era looting to the nazis stealing art from mm -hmm. jews mm -hmm. during world war ii and it's like if you ask anybody what should happen to that art taken during world war ii everyone would say it needs to be given back to its original owners yeah and yet the same is not said for loot like the Koh-i-Noor. And scholars do say that part of what complicates it so much is because the rulers who once owned the diamond and other gemstones like it headed countries or nations that no longer exist. Mm -hmm. You know, which is obviously different from the World War II example. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to determine who has the first and most legitimate claim. Yeah. But despite the complication of figuring out its provenance, Many scholars agree that objects like the Koh-i-Noor should remain in museums where people can see it. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, the truth of their history should be written on a plaque mm -hmm. next to it. Because apparently in the UK, it is taught that the UK got it as a gift okay. from yeah. India. And these scholars are like, let's just be completely honest let's about how accurate. you got it. Yeah. 
Um, the scholar who said the thing about like comparing the British Empire taking these things yeah. from the people and comparing that to to the Nazis taking things from the Jews during World War Two. And I just wanted to point out the phrasing of that quote as like, if you ask anyone, they'd say that that art should go back to the Jews, but no one would say that about this art, oh. that this art going back to the people who were colonized. And I just want to make sure to change that language to no one who is white and or has the actual power to return those goods is talking about it. Because yes. I think a lot of people who actually belong to those groups mm-hmm. would be thinking about it and wouldn't need to be told to be thinking about it. I agree. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say, too, about, like, things should be in a museum where people can see them and with actual plaques, you know, about, Mm -hmm. like, where they came from. Where are those museums? Yeah. I think is a big problem because, like, why do they need to be in the UK? In in a British museum? Why do the things that we have in the U.S. need to be in American museums where, quote-unquote, everyone can see them and learn from them? Right. And, And I'm just thinking about the argument that I've heard made before that these are the places that have the money to mm-hmm. quote unquote take care of these artifacts the way that they should be and like maintain them and yeah. i think that it just it just needs to be said where the blame needs to be placed that a lot of these places may not have that infrastructure um yeah. and the ways that that could easily be changed so that these artifacts mm-hmm. could exist in the places where the people who they belong to or who who have the strongest claim on them can actually be the ones who get to enjoy them and learn from them and not people who live in the colonizing nations or America, which isn't a colonizing nation, but who did its own (laughs) brand Uh, of horrible garbage. Yeah, It's (laughs) kind of weird to think we're not. Yeah, because we're like many of us are descended descended from from colonizers. colonizers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's interesting because it's definitely something that's come up more and more because another point in favor of returning these artifacts to the countries they originated from is that they then draw tourism, which contributes to the economy, which then it's a self-sustaining system at that point. Yeah, And it's like, okay, well, you have all of our history and our precious artifacts that you stole. So people come to your city to see and learn about our history and culture, whereas if you just return them, they'd come to our places. And we now have to give you money so that we can come and see them. Yeah. Like they've made those same arguments that you were listing Mm -hmm. for the Elgin Marbles, which belong in Greece. Excuse me, I just showed my hand. I believe they belong in Greece. Yeah. So it is. It's just like colonialism has set this thing in motion. Yeah. It's like perpetual oppression. Yeah. Well, and I just, there's all these fascinating examples of people not actually being able to go and see Mm -hmm. artifacts from their culture because they're not actually out for people to see. Um, They're just being kept stowed away um, and controlled. And yeah, it's just these ways that those with power feel the need to continue to exert power Mm -hmm. and not be able to let go. Yeah. Classic. Very, very classic. So yeah, really fun, ridiculous film. Frankly, kind of a fun, ridiculous story about the Koenor, too. I, it's... Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> I I was like, this is bonkers. I assumed it was going to change hands maybe, like, five times. No. It sounds like it was all over the place and a lot of people died. <laughs> 
fascinating. Very fascinating. Bollywood news. Yeah. I have one thing, which is... Great, let's hear it. Just that Rambir Kapoor and Alia Bhatt... Oh, yeah! ...debuted their baby. <laughs> yeah. And her name is Raha, and she is one of the cutest babies I've ever seen. She looks just like both of them. Yeah. She's Gorgeous. beautiful. Her parents are beautiful. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Obviously, she's been, Raha's been around for a while, but <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> we've seen lots of pictures of the back of her head. Oh, that was, that was very exciting. I love Really, that. really cute. Yeah. So that was my Bollywood news. Great. Pluggables. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Two White mm-hmm. Girls Talk Bollywood. You know the drill. <laughs> and, uh, If you feel so inclined, you can also subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, and you could even consider leaving a rating or a review. Yeah, we'd love that. Mm Mm-hmm. We would. Especially if it's a good review. Yeah, we'd prefer that. (laughs) You know what they say, if you don't have anything to nice, like anything to nice, nice if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Listen, we're not in the business of silencing people, but if you don't like us, just, you know. <laughs> you don't have to listen. You don't have to You don't listen. have to tell us. No, I will say, just if tell we us in say something problematic, please let us know. Like That we do, yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's because we want to change, so please still like us. But if you just find us to be good-intentioned but annoying, we don't need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> that could be the tagline for our podcast. Good-intentioned, a little annoying. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love us. Um, <laughs> and follow us also on YouTube and Spotify, where we keep our Bollywood bangers playlists. I'll be honest, I have forgotten to update them for the last <laughs> several weeks because we've been recording out of order and I've been very confused about what's happening when, but I'll get back on that. That's my New Year's resolution and we'll be adding the songs from Bang Bang to it as well. Wonderful. So our film for next week. Uh-huh. We're doing something a little bit different. Yeah. (laughs) Which is going to be a blast. (laughs) So the movie that we're watching, we're leaving Bollywood behind for a week, and we're watching Vai Moody Pasavam, Mm -hmm. which is a a Tamil language film. It's starring Dulkar Salman. Yes. We've both been really wanting to go back to a DQ movie Mm -hmm. for quite a while now, and this is a movie that I stumbled across a year or two ago that has become, like, my favorite, like, sick day movie. Like, and every day that I'm, like, sick in bed, I watch this movie because it just makes me so happy. Great. But... We're going to do something a little bit fun here, because yeah. I obviously have seen this movie. Katie has not. No, I have not. So, <laughs> yeah. Katie, would you like to explain the yes. experiment? <laughs> yes. Well, so we did this experiment once before, a long time ago, and really it was more of a, I really wanted to watch Hero Ponte. It mm-hmm. wasn't available with subtitles anywhere, so I thought, what the heck, I'll just watch it without subtitles. <laughs> And I didn't understand much of what was happening, but I got the gist. And then we discovered how funny it was when we watched it with subtitles and realized <laughs> I was so all wrong. So this is what's happening. Yeah. So we thought that something fun we could do this year is just the occasional film. One of us will watch it with subtitles. One of us will yep. watch it without. And yep. that person who's watched it without will do the plot recap. And we'll just yeah. see how <laughs> accurate we are. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah based on um, the cues of body language and facial expression <laughs> exactly and the little bit of a plot description that we get yes um, from our streaming services and imdb so on imdb this movie is about the people of panamalai hill station are in trouble as the government has put a ban on speaking to control the spread of the quote-unquote dumb flu which spreads only through talking well i had hoped that maybe we'd get two different synopsis <laughs> synopses so that i'd have a better idea but uh nope that's exactly what it is on amazon prime as well yep so <laughs> whoops okay so you just get the one plot Great. description um but, but yeah i think the fact that there's there's a good chunk of this movie where nobody is talking mm-hmm. um i think that's going to be helpful for you in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah in figuring out what's going on um yeah seems like it'll be kind of silly a good it's time. very silly it's really sweet and then i hope someday you'll have the chance to watch it with subtitles and, and just get to enjoy <laughs> i'm sure i will um but yeah so that is available to watch on amazon prime so have at it yeah enjoy whether or not you watch it with subtitles <laughs> it's spelled v-a-a-y-a-i-m-o-o-d-i-p-e-s-a-v-u-m perfect Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) And you know what? If we crash and burn, we won't do it again. We won't do this experiment again. It might not. You know, it's going to be great. (laughs) I think it's going to be a good time. We'll see how it pans out. (laughs) Yeah. Until next time, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. No. (laughs) But we need Bollywood. We need Bollywood, but not in a way where we're going to, like, steal it and put it in our museums. Yeah. Yeah.